Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you ready for a healthy change this spring? Then come to the brand new MUSC Health and Wellness Institute in Mount Pleasant. Cool. What programs do they have? The Health and Wellness Institute offers health coaching programs that are one-on-one and will help you make healthy choices for healthier living. Learn about health coaching today. Set up a free 15-minute virtual session with our health coach, Caitlin. Dial pound 250, then say keywords health and wellness. Once again, dial pound 250 and say health and wellness. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Attention homeowners, due to upcoming government regulations, the current energy efficiency ratings for HVAC systems will change. Current inventory cannot be sold after December 31st. As the year 2023 starts, customers can expect to pay an average of 30% more for a new HVAC unit that will meet the new government regulations. So what does this mean for you, the customer? There's no better time to purchase a new HVAC system. AAA Heating and Air must empty their warehouse to make room for the new systems. No deals will be turned down. With their 15-year parts and labor warranty plus guaranteed financing, they have made it possible for anyone to get a new system. Call today and enjoy your new home comfort as quickly as tomorrow. But you can only get this special deal by calling 803-677-1500. AAA Heating and Air wants to give you their best deal possible on a new HVAC unit, but you have to call today. 803-677-1500. And tell them you heard about this deal on 107.5 The Game's Gamecock Central Podcast. AAA Air when you need us. AAA Heating and Air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler. This has been in the works for a while. We're really excited to officially have the Gamecock Central Hour. Chris Clark. And J.J. has accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl already, which is awesome, uh, Reese's Senior Bowl. And Wes Mitchell. Um, I think he's well above 200 in the, like, the 210 range. Uh, um, a dude in the weight room, too, like from a strength standpoint. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. Game. A minute after 11 o'clock on a Reaction Monday here on 107.5 The Game, and welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Preston, Wes, Chris here with you. South Carolina, big winners this weekend, 30-24 to over Texas A&M, a game that had no shortage of drama, ups and downs, and Carolina fans ultimately just beside themselves to have this uh, streak of zero wins and eight tries against Texas A&M broken two straight weeks where South Carolina was able to correct some recent history in its favor. Now the Gamecocks sit at five and two uh, potentially favorites in their next three football games. And just, I think left the fan base wondering what the, what the upside is now for this season that has taken an unexpected turn in a positive direction after the open week. We'll get Wes and Chris's thoughts on that. Preston wants to introduce a new game for us to play on Mondays, which I love. So we will do all that as we continue on here in the Gamecock central takeover hour. But first, A chance to win some money. It's time for your chance to win $100 and qualify for the $25,000 grand prize in our $25,000 signing bonus contest. Just text the following national keyword to 95819. Your national keyword to text is... Sent. 
C-E-N-T. Scent. C-E-N-T. I always pick homophones for some reason, but this is not the one that starts with S. C-E-N-T. Text that national keyword to 95819. Standard text messaging rates may apply. Please don't text and drive. The $25,000 signing bonus contest on 107.5 The Game. So we'll recap our full buy or sell a little bit later in the show, but... Uh, seeing as Wes was the only person that sold Carolina would win on Saturday. We will start with you. What did you see that played out differently than you were expecting? Yeah, well, first of all, I, uh, you know, I was dead wrong on that. I, I think South Carolina obviously found a way to win. And, I, you know, I had an approach where until I saw South Carolina beat A&M with my own eyes, um, I just told myself I'm not going to let myself get caught up. Um, you know, I picked them to beat Kentucky uh, two weeks before. And um, I wanted to see how they could kind of respond to having some success. And it just, um, it felt a little bit like a breakthrough to me for for the program with where it is right now. I I don't like to put too much into one game, uh, you know, negatively or positively. But going in, this felt like one of those games where the fan base sort of sets itself up. uh, The energy is high. Um, you could see it, you know, in the stadium and, um, at at the time, you know, at times in the past, they have just not been able to kind of ride that wave of momentum. And, um, you know, I I thought they handled it well, went out, um, they stopped the run, even though A-Chain got his yards and, you know, I I thought the A&M offense moved the ball. They, they got stops when they needed to. That was the big thing. Looking at the way A&M had dominated the line of scrimmage the last few years in this series, I know A&M has struggled offensively this year. But I wanted to see South Carolina actually go out there and match up along the lines of scrimmage against A&M. And, uh, you know, for the most part, they did that. They found a way to win. They started fast at home, which um, obviously they they needed those 17 points, uh, every last bit of them, yeah. um, as the game sort of played out. You know, you would have liked to have seen them kind of put their foot on their throats when they had a chance, but um, not going to. You know, not going to do anything to stain what was a massive victory for South Carolina. Um, put themselves in position now to have a really successful season and uh, continue to build momentum, I think, on the recruiting trail as well. That's the type of atmosphere you can sell to those prospects that were on campus. Um, tons of what you would say are like the next line of prospects, 2024 guys who are sort of formulating the schools they're going to consider. Um, those guys were on campus and um, – no, no negatives for me. You know, I'm sure we'll dive in and, you know, we can nitpick it at some point. But off top, huge win. Not going to take that away. And uh, the Gamecocks got the job done. Chris, your final score prediction on Gamecock Central was uh, 96 to 4. I don't know why you thought Texas A&M was going to have two safeties. That was a bold prediction. Uh, in any case, uh, what did you see that you thought was going to happen on Saturday and did happen on Saturday? Well, I think the number one thing was just that this was the type of game that I think we all expected. I mean, we, we said on Friday that if we were walking in here talking about a 42 to 38 game or 38, 35 with a bunch of offense, that would have been surprising. So I think that was the biggest thing, just the flow of the game. Now I didn't expect South Carolina to score 17 points before you, you know, got into your seat. Yeah. But, um, the, the the way the game played out with you know points being at a premium for the most part, um, s- some ugliness to the game kind of mucked up a little bit. I think that's about what we expected. Um, I thought that South Carolina would win this game because the defense would play well enough 
They would make enough plays. They would give up some yardage in between the 20s, which is kind of what they did, but that they would uh, be able to bow up and get some key stops, force Haynes King into some mistakes, which certainly they did. We saw that very early. Maybe make a big special teams play. We saw that early. Uh, saw more than one big special teams play. Uh, and they just outperformed A&M in general on special teams. Uh, just the, the simple stuff, you know, they were able to outperform them as well as the big plays. And then offensively, you know, they were able to do enough. A&M came in as the number one team in the league in red, red zone defense. They've been phenomenal there. Um, and I think number two in the country overall. And was it disappointing on, you know, drive two to have to settle for a field goal for South Carolina? Sure, because you could, like Wes said, kind of step on their throat there. But South Carolina was able to get points in those situations, which against A&M has not been an automatic or a given this season. Uh, also, number one in the conference in forcing three and outs. Yep. Carolina only had two three and outs. Those were in the second half. There were some other short drives, uh, a one-play fumble drive. It's not a three and out technically, but also not an ideal result for your offense. Weren't so. there two of those? What What in Spencer's? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. That, that was another one. So, so plenty was... of short drives for Carolina, not necessarily in the form of a, yeah. of a three and out, but... Uh, I don't know. I thought the game kind of played out a little bit like I expected. A few more scores. Um, and a, again, a couple of short fields for Carolina, a short field for Texas A&M, I think, making up for, for some of those scores. By and large, I, I wasn't surprised from what I saw. You know, really from either offense, I thought Carolina would go to Lloyd more early. I think it's problematic, and we can discuss, uh, you know, why they didn't. But both of those guys, both he and A-Chain, finished with 100-plus total yards, kind of what we expected late in the game, both teams kind of relying on them. I didn't realize that A-Chain was as big a factor in the passing game as he was, like, watching the game. I didn't realize that he had seven catches, but um, I don't know. Kind of played out like it, like I thought on paper, and just weird to be sitting here on a Monday, Carolina playing an imperfect game. So I think it's fair to say Carolina's just a better team than A&M. Yeah, and they, they went and outperformed them, and I, I think, once again, uh, Pete Limbo, I, I know we talk about him a lot on this show, man, but Special teams coming out, making a play. Uh, you know, and, and in this case, uh, let's call it for what it is. It wasn't that they schemed Leggett necessarily into the end zone. Uh, that was a big boy play from him, uh, breaking a lot of tackles. But, um, you know, even I'll go back to the decision. I'll be honest. I, I thought Juju McDowell did a really good job as the kickoff returner last year in that role. Had a huge return for them against ECU that helped win the game. And, you know, I was, when I was a little bit surprised to see Leggett be given or you know to earn the the kickoff return role this year and um you know I, I thought it was interesting we were watching a game earlier on and um it was just touchback after touchback after touchback I was watching the game with my brother and he's like man you just do not see teams bring it out of the end zone anymore mm -hmm. and um you know I, I think that's another area where if you are confident in your return team you can put some pressure on the other team if you're willing to take that risk. But if you are willing to take the risk, these a lot of these teams don't have to actually defend kickoffs anymore. Right. So, you know, do you get a little bit of that, well, I'm just sprinting down, I'm not actually going to have to tackle anybody. Is there a little bit of let up? I don't know. But certainly just from an experience standpoint, teams don't have to cover kickoffs near as many times as they used to. So I, I think that kind of, you know, A&M coming off of a, a bye week, I don't know if they hit in practice during bye weeks or not or how much they did. I know they were pretty banged up. But uh, Leggett, a uh, big, strong dude, was able to just kind of run through some tackles there on the edge. And then I, I thought he had a weird sort of running style to him, and not, I didn't realize at the time mm -hmm. um, he was doing that with one shoe. So yeah. um, 
not only had one shoe, but threw up the peace sign on the way by. That that was special, and it set the tone for the whole night. He was saying bye to his shoe. Yes, his <laughs> shoe and about three defenders that he ran through. Yeah, the, uh, the, well, it, it was like they were all like tackling the lead blockers. It was it was a very strange. I, I told Preston I've watched that play six or seven times now, and I still don't understand how he scored on it. It was. I don't know what happened. And Shane Beamer said that it was not blocked well, which I'll take his word for it. He knows what should be done there. And, you know, obviously A&M did a pretty poor job tackling. Yeah. But I, I thought there was some, there were some good efforts by South Carolina. Certainly you had multiple guys in position to where they could have gotten, which is probably what Beamer's alluding to. But I saw, I mean, Bam Martin Scott had a key block. He turned the, the kicker, who was the last line of defense, right near the sideline, completely turned him away flattened him that was kind of the the key final block there uh Rashad Amos was down there with a good block to carry on Joyner was out there with a good block mm. well maybe they should try not blocking kickoffs well <laughs> yeah if that's time not too. blocking then uh, that's what it took yeah how about Bam getting the block there and then he actually had the put away yeah hit on the QB mm-hmm. at the end of the game uh at the final Hail Mary so good things seem to happen when 22 is on the field they they brought him in I think Wilhelms pointed this out on Twitter. You bring in Bam at the end of the game situationally, and he's sitting back there kind of over the slot, and you blitz him. Very undervalued type of thing. You don't really notice it, but a smart play call at the end to bring in Bam, who's who's adept at getting after the passer, and he makes that play. Now they have no chance. Bam is the closer. He he was on the field for the end of the Kentucky game and uh, on the field for the end of this game as well. Here's here's the question that I have for Preston. When does the thing become a thing? Going into the game, I remember last Tuesday somebody asked Jamie Beamer, "Hey, you've got a really good you know record when your team has extra time to prepare, you know, to start the season, the bowl game, an open week last year." And I was like, "Well, you play cupcakes to start the season. I don't really care about the bowl game. I don't remember who they played after the open week last year. It's like maybe there's something here, but it's a small sample size." Wes is making a face. He doesn't like me dismissing wins against Eastern Illinois and Georgia no, State. No, 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 no. no. I just, I'm wondering why it was Florida. That was a huge win off of the That was Florida? Yeah, yeah, that's a huge win. But oh, yeah, that, sorry, so, so that basically gives us a sample size of one. You know, I got the, the extra time to prepare for Eastern Illinois and Georgia State doesn't matter. The bowl game, I guess the extra time. Point is, I wasn't sold. I don't know if I am now, but is this when you start, is, is, is now when we start to talk about a thing becoming a thing? Shane Beamer with extra time. <laughs> Mm. Not yet. Not yet. Cool. Not not yet. Not yet. Um, but it could be something that good for us media types to grab onto. I don't yeah. think it's a, anything that's in the building, but yeah. we can talk about it. Though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and there are definitely coaches that have earned that reputation. I'm not saying that Shane has at this point, but it's on the radar now, I guess. Well, yeah, no, it can't be a thing because in those previous games, we saw a market difference in – Game plans, mm. and we did not see one this time. So that was more of a credit, though. Now they didn't overthink it in the intervening week. Uh, that first drive would beg to differ. Yes. Oh, yeah. Good point. Um, all right. Just had to ask. That's good. We got an answer. Asked an answer. There we go. 803-404-6100. Want to hear thoughts from you guys? Got a bunch of texts here. Some of you lined up in the Love Chevy phone line. We'll get some of your thoughts. We'll recap our buy or sell. Rather than playing, you know, good, bad, and the ugly, we did some winners and losers in the last hour. We're going to talk about good, better, best. 
That was Preston's suggestion just during the break. So we're going to figure this thing out on the fly. want to hear from you guys. 803-404-6100 at Pearson Fowler, at Coach P Tweets, at West Mitchell GC, and at GC Chris Clark. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 20 minutes after 11 o'clock on a Reaction Monday here on 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Preston, Wes, Chris here with you. A lot of thoughts on Carolina A&M. We'll do good, better, best, a new game from the mind of Preston Thorne coming up in just a little bit and get more of your thoughts on Carolina's 30-24 to win over A&M, the first win over the Aggies in program history. Anybody else surprised that Jimbo made it back to College Station Saturday night? Thought they might drop him off in Atlanta. <laughs> no? It's, uh, I just wonder what that plane ride was like, what that trip was like. Because I saw, I did see a good amount of Texas A&M folks there. Yeah. So I imagine some of the big money boosters, the big check writers came with them, and they rode the, the team plane. And they they were they were not supposed to lose to this little old South Carolina. That's just the attitude I felt from the folks. Texas A&M people are almost annoyingly nice, even with the stupid yell cheer. The, the most of the fans I saw were kind of like they just. They felt like if they were just taking a trip to watch a game, they were going to win and go back home. They thought it was going to be a very low-pressure experience, you mean? Like they were just like, this is going to be nice. Let's go see what Columbia is like. Let's check this out. And that, that did not play out probably like they were expecting. It didn't work out the way they yeah. thought it would. We'll get some of your thoughts on this game in just a minute. Chris wants to tell everybody about the good folks at Integrated Media first. Yeah, Integrated Media can do... Anything that you need in your home uh, from an AV standpoint, audiovisual, uh, whether it's internet to make sure that you can uh, stream all of the amazing college football action. It's been a great year so far, but lots more games to go, obviously. We just hit the halfway point. Make sure you're situated for the rest of the college football season. Uh, if you need to figure out, hey, I don't know how to set up multiple TVs or multiple devices. I need to have three TVs, my phone, my iPad, whatever you may have. So you can watch all the college football action on the weekends. Not only can they do that for you, but they can make sure that your internet signal is strong enough to be able to handle all that when you got your kids playing games on their tablets or the phone and you're trying to watch a couple games at once and you're trying to browse GamecockCentral.com, listen to 107.5 all at the same time. Uh, they can make sure that you are well situated to do that. Or Sonos Wireless Speakers. Set up your video game systems on a switcher like they've done at my house. Anything that you may need from that standpoint, give the guys Michael and Nathan at Integrated Media a call 803-948-8327 or visit their website at integratedmediainc.com. If you don't know what you want at your house or you might have some ideas to see if it's feasible, give them a call. They can do it for you, integratedmediainc.com. Let's go out to the phone line. Taylor is up first in hour number three here. What's up, Taylor? What's up, man? Uh, big Gamecock fan here. I was at the game Saturday night, and uh, I feel like one of the things that uh, kind of not talked about enough is uh, how well this O-line's playing. Uh, they have looked extremely better since the uh, first couple games. And uh, just real impressed by the Gamecocks' win. I mean, it wasn't always pretty at times, but we got the job done, and really impressed by uh, Gamecocks. 
Well, Taylor, I appreciate the call. I, I, I definitely think the line deserves a shout-out. Preston and I gave out some winners and losers in the second hour, and I, I guess there were still a couple of sacks in this game, a little bit of pressure. I still continue to feel like a lot of that is Spencer's own doing. I thought the line played pretty well. Well, I'm not even sure how well they played, but as I said last hour, they definitely won the under, underwear Olympics against Texas A&M. They looked like they filled out their uniforms way better than than A&M. Those white, whites were not flattering for the big fellas all, no. all A&M. Yeah, I like the all garnets. And even the even the black lids were cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's the analysis you wanted, but that's where I'm landing on it. Wes? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, certainly the O-line, I would say, what, the last four games compared to a lot of what we saw last year, um, I would say if we're going to go ahead and get into our, what is it, better, good, better. Good, good, better, best. Yeah, bet, better um, the last few weeks for sure. And um, I would still like to see them cut down on those negative plays just a little bit. Um, I, I'm with you. Some of, a, a lot of the pressure this season has has been a bit on sort of the angles and maybe Rattler trying to escape when there's not actual pressure and then mm-hmm. it, it invites more Same pressure. Uh, yeah, so I, I think um, for the most part, though, when when they run the football and when they sort of get hard headed in the run and and just kind of make that what they do, they tend it kind of snowballs, it kind of builds for them. And I, I think we saw a little bit of that in the second half. Uh, offense, the one thing you can say about them that was very good is that when they have really needed big drives, um, you know they've for the most part been able to get that this year. And I, I think a big part of that on that what I would call the final drive where they went up by two scores. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of put it on the O-line and Marshawn Lloyd, and, um, you know, I, I thought that was pretty impressive. What, yeah, go ahead. T- two straight games now, um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm counting Charlotte and SC State, but I'm, I'm kind of talking about conference play for the purposes of illustrating this point. Two straight games now where South Carolina has won the lines of scrimmage, in my opinion, offensively and defensively, against two teams that for the last several years, for the most part, has dominated both lines of scrimmage. So pretty telling to me. I mean, A&M has, I mean, Wes, Wes said it going into this year's game against A&M. It's been a brick wall trying to run the football for the most part. Uh, not the case this year. Some yeah. negative plays, sure. But they won that. Defensively, I think they won the line of scrimmage against A&M's O-line. Um, and same thing with Kentucky, which we discussed after that game. So I, I thought a pretty dramatic turnaround there. Not being funny, I don't know if y'all have the number, but I know, Wes, you talked about how poorly Carolina had run against Texas A&M in those last three games, you know, outscored by a million. Did they have more rushing yards on Saturday than the last three games combined? Because I know they hadn't gotten over 50, I think, in a couple of years. I I would say probably not quite, but but definitely close to it. Uh, I mean, and, and the thing was last year, if I remember right, they had some late late yardage in that game after it was already like 41 to nothing or 44 to nothing. So certainly in the actual meat of the game, um, they ran the ball probably just even eye test better during the game yesterday than or Saturday than they did the other three combined. And, and to Chris's point, the D line, um, man, I, I not that they have the same, you know, there's not Jadavian Clowney out there, but for there were times when South Carolina could pin its ears back, that it reminded me 
compared to what we've seen for, for several years there, where you just saw all four guys getting in the backfield, putting pressure on the A&M quarterbacks, and you actually felt, I feel like, confident if it was a passing situation that South Carolina could get pressure on the QB more times than not. And I, I feel like there's been too many times since that special run that that just has not been the case. They do, you know, they do bring five at times. It's not like they're just going to rush four. But I, I do feel like that's been something the last few weeks that the pressure on the opposing quarterback has been really, really good. Yeah. Still no sacks for Carolina, which I think has to be incredibly disappointing for all those guys individually. Um, but so many times when they were affecting the passer, batting the ball, the line of scrimmage, you know, forcing a rush throw, Haynes King made a couple of like the, the touchdown pass that he made the, the, just oh, the individual God, effort right before play. halftime was, I mean, spectacular. And that that's a play that Carolina needs to be able to finish. But even without the sacks, there were still plenty of times when, when you could tell he was feeling the heat. He, he got hit a bunch. I don't know. I don't know what the number was, but he got hit a ton. And I, it just felt like there was pretty consistent pressure um, I'll say this. I don't think his QBR or whatever was too high, and he had the big early interception. Haynes King actually is a better talent than I, being someone that doesn't really watch A&M a ton, he's better than I thought he was. And I, I think he stood in there and made some throws that kind of kept their offense on the field. And then, um, you know, when, when Carolina's kind of trying to put the game away, he kept A&M in the game, and then, like you said, that, that play for the touchdown where he almost goes down and pops up. Um, you could tell he wasn't 100% either and just gets the ball out to his tight end. I mean, he, he made some really nice individual efforts. I know they're sort of ready to – seems like their fan base is ready to move on from him, but I think that guy's got some real ability. 803-404-6100. More of your thoughts, more of good, better, and best as we continue to unpack the Carolina A&M game plus still to come recap of last week's buy or sell i think the first good week that i've had so of course i'm gonna i'm gonna advertise that this segment's coming up a lot because y'all need to know that i did well for once finally 803-404-6100 it's the gamecock central takeover hour presented by firehouse subs founded by firemen with pearson fowler chris clark and wes mitchell on the home of the gamecocks 107.5 the game Eleven thirty-four on a Monday morning, and welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour here on one hundred seven five. The game, Pearson Fowler, Preston Thorne, Wes Mitchell, Chris Clark, unpacking South Carolina's thirty to twenty-four win over Texas A and M. Just did, just did not think that Carolina was going to be here right now. May, you know, maybe five and two, but you would have thought Georgia, Texas A and M losses. The fact that Carolina has now beaten Kentucky and Texas A and M in back-to-back games. They have entered the top 25 as number 25, and they have opened as a five-point favorite against Missouri. South Carolina, uh, just the rest of the season now, the, the expectations through the roof, I believe, for the fan base after an exciting showing Saturday. I'm not going to act like it was like a comprehensively great win, perfect game or anything like that from South Carolina because still plenty that this team can improve on, but did enough to win 30-24 to Saturday night in Williams-Price Stadium. Before we go back out to the phone lines, want to hear more from you guys, but Wes has a great recommendation for anybody that needs to move. It's something you have to do, and it doesn't have to suck. Yeah, that's the best way you can say it, man, because normally it does suck. Uh, it doesn't have to. Just go to GameCockMoving.com or give them a call, 803-814-3569. If you don't like talking to other human beings, you can even text them. 
residential and commercial moving services. And uh, the best thing about this is right now, if you give them a call or go online and book, tell them that you heard about Gamecock moving right here on 107.5. You will get a discount just by mentioning us. Uh, They will treat your belongings as if they were their own. All their guys are trained W-2 employees. Uh, They do have a two-hour minimum on all moves, but other than that, you can have them do as much or as little as you want. Again, Gamecock Moving, that's GamecockMoving.com, 803-814-3569. They helped me move. They can do the same for you. Michael's up next to the phone line. Michael, what's on your mind? Hi, guys. How you doing? Can you hear me? Yep. What's Loud up? and clear. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't like to say roll. Uh, I was in section 5022, row 31, C11. Saturday night as we beat the Aggies, you know, I'm just saying, and you guys talk about the atmosphere that was created. There, it wasn't just in the stadium; it was before the stadium. It was, it was that feeling of we're going to win this football game. It was in the, it was in the fans. It was you see them, the team. It was expected, just like we was expected to win against Kentucky. You know, it's 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 an attitude of our fan base now. You know, and you guys, you better get on the train. Get on the Beamer train because it's going places and it's going fast. And that's a Carolina. Thank you for the call, Michael. Oh, um, I, I, I felt as we crept closer and closer to the Texas A&M game that even though the Aggies were favored, the people in Columbia were starting to feel like it was a game that Carolina was supposed to win. Mm-hmm. I, Wes, you and I talked about this after the show Friday. It was like, oh, like. Are you there yet? Are you getting a little too ahead of yourself? But I I mean, I can't speak to it because I was not in the stadium Saturday night, but Preston, did it feel like people walked into Williams Bryce expecting Carolina to win? Absolutely not. Really? You okay. wouldn't have had, you wouldn't have had that explosion of energy if people were expecting to uh, win that game. I see, I see. Everybody was very happy. I would say pleasantly surprised. But you've been in stadiums where team we were expecting to beat Charlotte, hmm. and there wasn't that eruption of energy. I think everybody's very happy to win, and maybe now we can start moving on to hoping to win. But uh, like you're hoping that the environment is like yeah, twenty percent less for Missouri. E- expectation is a, a bit far. Okay, okay. I think we all all thought it was possible. Yes. People just allow themselves to believe we were, that it could we happen. We were starting to wanting to believe, but expectations yeah. a little far. That, that's why. That's part of the reason why I am so impressed with the win itself. Is that Absolutely. they did not they did not play their best game. They didn't have to play a perfect game to win this game, and it felt going in. This is what Pierce and I were talking about after the show Friday. It felt to me kind of like that Kentucky game. Um, early in the Muschamp era where South Carolina came in. They had a little momentum. They they actually scored on the first offensive play or second offensive play of that game. To Debo. Debo, yep. the place is going wild. And you could you could feel it walking into the stadium that night. The fan base was ready to believe again. That's and the phrase right They're there. ready to believe. Yep. And then they just got punched right in the gut. And to, to South Carolina's credit, they punched A&M. A&M actually took it battled back they didn't knock them out but then they found a way and you know as much as we can nitpick the offense and a lot of it is valid um when the game was 24 to 21 
and they needed a drive. Um, that That's maybe the most impressive thing to me is that they got it done. They won ugly with some upside to go. Like, here, here's the thing. It's funny. People like to try to predict individual games going into a season. You can never account for the sort of emotional state of a team, the psyche of a team. They have momentum right now. They have not just the belief. I'm, I mean, impressed. I'm sure you've been in locker rooms where, um, you know, everybody believes we're going to win, but you're maybe convincing yourself. Um, or maybe even locker rooms where coach is trying to tell you you can win and everybody just kind of rolls their eyes a little bit. I feel like true belief, um, not manufactured belief, goes a long way. So they, they have found that momentum, and now you go in. Now we get to see the other side. Can you deal with a little success? Can you deal with your classmates praising you um, on campus and uh, and beat a couple teams that you're gun- you're definitely going to be favored the next two weeks? Can you deal with it? And uh, I know we'll get into Missouri all week long, but a Missouri team that seems to lose but seems to keep every game close. They were up 17 nothing at halftime against Vanderbilt, and the final score of that game was 17-14. to So just expect something close. I have two questions. I, I want to hear. we got a couple more of you lined up on the phone lines. A couple of questions, because, Wes, you said they, they didn't play their best game, and mm-hmm. I think that's fair. A lot of mistakes to clean up. South Carolina's played seven, though. What is the best game Carolina's played this year? I, I would probably say, uh, I was going to say the Kentucky game, actually. You think yes, or Saturday? You think it was their best game overall? I, well, I guess it's what do we describe when we say best? Yeah, um, true. I guess closest to realizing their potential? Closest to realizing their potential. I don't know. I'm sort of done with whatever potential is or could be. As a, okay. as I told you, I, I've entered the a win is a win phase of, yeah. of analysis. Mm-hmm. But for every, all the reasons that Wes just mentioned, there was a lot of opportunities for them to lose this game. And I think it says something about the fortitude of a team to not necessarily fold or give up those those opportunities so to Mm -hmm. me though it wasn't clean or even maybe to their whatever their potential is to me this was their best victory and also because it's their latest one yeah chris yeah i'm going back and forth actually between saturday and the Kentucky game. I mean, it's it's obviously one of those no other candidates even close. <laughs> no. Well, no. Charlotte. I just mean that like Charlotte was at least a complete game. It was a start to finish, pretty consistent yeah, effort. Even if the level you, of competition wasn't right, you do. But you do. You bake in the comp. Charlotte's okay. obviously right. extremely bad. Yep. Um, yeah. Shout out to Coach Healy. I, I, I think you can make an argument for either one. I, like I think there are some areas where South Carolina played better than they did against Kentucky, and some areas where I, I think. The point I would make, and I'm not even answering the question, regardless of whether you think Saturday or the Kentucky game was the best performance so far, I do feel pretty convinced that this team could play better than we've seen. Like, Spencer, like maybe by giving Marshawn Lloyd more than three carries in the first half? Yeah, but I, I, I have some thoughts on that too. Okay. Um, I, I think the offense can get better. I think Spencer Rattler can play better. We've seen this team improve. You know, you remember game, week one, and and now let's bring it forward to now. This team has improved. But I think there's one obvious reason why they've improved, and there's probably several factors. But to me, Spencer's not really better. The wide receivers are kind of the same. Most, nah. like most, no, no. Nah. Spen- Spencer's actually 
better, I think. Really? And Yeah, I do. I think these last two games are the worst I've seen him play, so I'm fascinated that we have such a difference in opinion here. Well, it's two of the better teams that they play. I mean, you know. That's true. I, I think he played better. You know, I think Charlotte and SC State games were good for them. I, I also think, and I'm not saying this is like an excuse or it should have been this way. Like, they should have had it more figured out in game one than they did, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Sat was talking about it the other day. He said he wanted to throw up watching that game. I mean, we can all see why. It was not a good offense. And we can quote him on that. Right. But the the offense is in a better position than they were, and I think Spencer is as well. Are there are there things that need to be cleaned up and plays he needs to make? Yes. But I, I think we I think our expectations are so high for Spencer that like the mistakes he makes they're like super, super mm-hmm. magnified, and we almost forget about the plays he makes that he makes look routine that are mm. decidedly not routine. I I think he can play a good bit better even than he has the past two weeks, and I, and I think they'll need that, frankly. I think they will too. All right, well, we'll we will have more time, I guess, tomorrow and Wednesday to talk about some of these differences because uh, I, I think it is very interesting. And Lloyd, I think, has to be considered a big part of the equation of Carolina turning around their offense. So like week one, I don't know how many carries he had, nine, ten. Like Carolina finding their number one back and leaning on that has been a big difference. Uh, didn't do that early against Kentucky. Didn't do it early against A&M. Did it late in both of those games to great effect. So we'll continue to talk about that as we continue on here, not just today, but throughout the week. 803-404-6100. That's the text line. That's the Love Chevy phone line. And all of us are on Twitter, at Pearson Fowler, at West Mitchell GC. At Coach P tweets at GC Chris Clark. We will recap our buy or sell as we wrap up our reaction Monday after Carolina beat Texas at M thirty to twenty four. Love to hear from you next. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell on the home of the Gamecocks, one zero seven five The Game. Eleven forty nine Monday morning. It's a reaction Monday here on one zero seven five. The game and welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Preston, Wes, Chris here with you. Plenty more thoughts, of course, and we'll get really granular tomorrow as we like to do on Tuesdays. Spend a little bit more time probably on Wednesday. This is a big, big win for Carolina, so we'll spend uh, a lot of time on it. We'll recap our buy or sell from the weekend in just a minute, but we'll get one more word here on the Love Chevy phone line from Hunter. What's up, Hunter? Hey, what's going on? You can hear me. Yeah, what's up? Okay, okay. I just want to make sure. Um, yeah, so uh, last night, or no, last night, it was Saturday night. I keep forgetting it's Monday. Um, yeah, so I was actually uh, there at the game, and that was probably like my first uh, Carolina game. I went to a Florida and LSU game, I think it was like two weeks ago. And funny, funny, you know, that's actually pretty funny because I was a huge Carolina fan. That was my first game, so it was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had. Man, I want to ask, ask, ask a couple questions. How did the experience in person live up to what you thought it would be? Honestly, um, I mean, I of course I had a little bit of doubt, you know, because it's Carolina, because you never know. But uh, I've always thought, I've, I've, I've actually thought that Carolina was probably going to lose this game. And I was not expecting that kickoff return. And that was probably one of the loudest moments I've ever even experienced. Like, they're loud, they're way louder than Florida, and Florida's pretty loud. I think that's accurate with fan bases who, even though uh, Florida, because even I, I played at, in the Swamp and it, it was okay. It wasn't super loud, but I think that level yep. of loudness that experienced on Saturday night was probably unmatched in that stadium. 
Yeah, without a doubt. Like, uh, I've only said they were loud because when they were playing that Tom Petty song, Won't Back Down, mm-hmm. that was that, that was definitely that was definitely one of the best experiences I've, I've experienced. But the sandstorm and all, man, that, that was just it was it was fun. It was fun that night, especially when everybody's Carolina and you got the A and M fans. Cause I was on the visitor visitor side, mm. and it was just the best experience ever. Hunter, appreciate the call. Glad you had a, a good time. Shane Beamer was very appreciative of your and all the other fans' efforts uh, making Williams Bryce a, a really tough environment to the tune of eight false starts, some communication issues. Yeah, uh, th- so there, there's a sweet spot. You have to be good enough that people care. To go out there and fight fair traffic and get liquored up and stay late, but you can't be so good to your point, Preston, that they expect it. And I think we're we're in that sweet spot right now. We're yeah. in the the honeymoon phase or the first year or however you want to call it, but it's all everything is brand new again. And I love Wes's statements like we're ready, we're we're open to loving again. We're here, <laughs> we're here, and. We just want the program to do us right, and and it looks like we're going in the right direction. Yeah, two straight weeks. Shane Beamer has has given people something to cheer about, so we'll see what Carolina can do to follow that up. This weekend, a, a winnable game. They're now the favorite for the first time in a month against Missouri. We'll see how that goes. But, of course, more time later in the week to talk about it. Uh, buy or sell. So I wanted to play this last week, and, you know, stuff gets away from us and forget things and yada, yada, yada. But So last week, Wes did not give me credit for picking Tennessee to upset Alabama. Do y'all remember that? Can y'all bear witness to this, Chris? No. Preston? No. I don't. You don't remember this? <laughs> I don't. Hey, do, you, do you have, uh, did you bring the evidence? Well, I had that, the footage. Is that what's it, happening? It's, it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Now, we're sitting here on Monday Sorry. recapping by ourselves. Oh, no, Pearson, you didn't, you didn't say that Tennessee was going to pull the upset. I got the thing. It, it doesn't matter. People don't want to hear it. That's fine. We can just move <laughs> no, on I, to this past I, I mean, I, I did admit, hey, you could be right. We'll have to check the tape. I, I wasn't we, we just need someone else recording the minutes. Yes. This show, besides well, 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 guess what, Pearson? We're, you're going to get your credit this week because... Because I dominated. You you won by or sell um, because Preston wasn't here. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Um, That's right. So uh, I got two right. Chris got two right. Larry got two right. Pearson, you got three right. And um, the, the only one you didn't get was actually yours that you came up with on the fly. Yeah, that was a weird one. I regret um, it. Yeah, Kai Kroger um, did not outpunt the A and M offense uh, by yardage, but he but did outpunt Carolina's offense in the first half. So there was that. There was that. But yes, you—that um, was the only one you got wrong. Uh, Lloyd more yards than A Chain. You sold. Um, a Chain did edge him out. Um, Gamecocks will win the turnover battle. You sold. That was a tie, I think. And I think we even talked about how um, a tie would would win that one for you. Yep. Uh, the Kroger thing, and then South Carolina will win the game. Everybody that was here bought except me, so boo me. I was wrong. But, yeah, good job. Shout out uh, Larry from Firehouse Subs. No prep. Yep. He he said the score was 28-17, so he had actually the closest. Um, well, no, because they, they did end up cutting it to six. You, he, had, he had 28-17. Chris had 24-20. Pearson had 24-19, South Carolina. I think Larry has to come back on Friday. Well, especially if he'll bring us free firehouse. Yeah. Was, I think that's baked into it. That was, it was really good. Nice. Yeah, I did send him a message missed, after the game. sandwich day. Yeah. Someone that loves sandwiches. <sighs> yeah. And brownies and cookies. Yes. Should I tell everybody about Kendall Walsh? You should. 
Yes, our buy or sell segment is brought to you by Kendall Walsh because she can help you buy or sell a home in Columbia. She is with the Moore Company, 803-414-3590. Work with Walsh. Uh, that's workwithwalsh at gmail.com. Also at workwithwalsh. That's her Twitter, her Instagram. You can find her on all the social medias. Uh, you may remember Kendall when she worked with the Gamecock Club. She was Kendall Belk at the time. Uh, she was the first female assistant Gamecock Club director in its history. Uh, she's a huge Gamecock fan. Again, she helped me and my fiance through the process. She also helped my future mother-in-law sell her home. So uh, I've had a chance to work with Kendall on both sides of this thing. Smooth process. And uh, I, I got to tell you, somebody who can help you through that process is absolutely worth their weight in gold because uh, if you have bad representation when it comes to buying or selling a house, it can get ugly. So uh, she can do the same for you as she did for us. 803 414 3590. That's Kendall Walsh with the Moore Company. If you have a quick answer, fire away. Otherwise, sleep on it and we'll circle back tomorrow. Night games. When was the last time Carolina had a night game that was such a favorable result for Carolina? We can mm. sleep on it. Yeah, I feel like this is good. I feel, feel like, like there's something to one. that. I told Preston earlier if Carolina had beaten Texas A&M in the exact same game at noon, it would not have been as dramatic a win as playing it under the lights prime time. The the Auburn game last year was a night game, right? Yep. Was it? Yep. Yeah, yeah, Auburn and Florida last year. Yeah, and Florida. Florida was in the... Nope, it's at home. It's in the swamp this year. It was at home. This okay. year. So you only have to go back one year. Those were not... I don't remember Carolina having any night games last year. They were at night, and they were not the same. Yeah, th- those, those same. atmospheres, the atmosphere on Saturday night, definitely better than those other two. I was I was one of the best in a while. It felt important. Just I don't, like the Kentucky I, I, don't I don't have the answer for that question, but the 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 polar opposite was the App State night game. Oh yes, right. Yep. For as for as low as Miserable. that felt, that's how high this. this I very felt. rarely leave games early. I left that game early. You should have. Yeah. But this this was the total opposite of that. Yeah. It was big. It was big. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about it more. Jay and Terry and the Halftime Show will be up next, and they'll be talking about it more. So appreciate you being part of what we do here on a Reaction Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Fireman with Pearson Fowler. This has been in the works for a while. We're really excited to officially have the Gamecock Central Hour. Chris Clark. And J.J. has accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl already, which is awesome, uh, Reese's Senior Bowl. And Wes Mitchell. Um, I think he's well above 200 into like a 210 range. Uh, um, a dude in the weight room, too, like from a strength standpoint. On the home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game game. A minute after 11 o'clock on a reaction Monday here on 107.5 The Game and welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Preston, Wes, Chris here with you. South Carolina big winners this weekend, 30-24. to 24. Hey, gents, let's talk Halloween for a second. What is your favorite Halloween memory? One time I saw Nightmare Before Christmas performed live at the Hollywood Bowl. Walking with your kids. It felt so magical. And after they've got their candy and they walk away. So pure. The dad inside the house is handing you a beer. My dad, when I get home, he would have me like empty out all the candy to make sure that it's safe. And it wasn't until I was about 35 that I realized, what the f***? He was just eating my candy. Rude. 
What's your favorite Halloween costume? One year I was Matthew McConaughey's character from Dazed and Confused. One year I was like, I would like to be roadkill. The Halloween costume was a plastic smock and then a really scratchy plastic mask. I mean, you were styling if you had one of those. Aquaman, the plastic mask cutting into your eyes and then you get that little hole in the mouth to breathe through all night long. What's your favorite Halloween candy? What's your favorite candy, Mandy? Oh, that rhymes. Anything Reese's, Snickers bars. It's all the food groups. It's a meal. Nuts, you've got caramel. Yes. Candy corn. I love Me too. Corn. Wait, really? I'm one of the small percent of people who actually really enjoys candy corn. It gets a bad rap. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween from the Cumulus Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe and follow us at youtube.com slash Cumulus Podcast. Candy corn is terrible. It's atrocious. It shouldn't be allowed. It's not a candy. Happy Halloween. (laughs) Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.